0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I'm thrilled to, to be here today and appreciate you listening or watching on Facebook or YouTube or Supertalk TV or your favorite podcast. Uh, we appreciate you in, engaging with the show. However, whenever you want to do that, we get lots of feedback about the multimedia platform and people appreciate that. But don't don't let there be any confusion radio is king and the opportunity to uh, to be on the super Talk network is really important we appreciate you being here as we celebrate so many people working hard to make our state a better place to live work and play hey listen i don't have any big uh, things to share or, or things to uh to focus on this morning before we go to our guest, I'm just going to jump right into our guest. Someone I really look forward to, to engaging with. Uh, he's uh, with the Mississippi House of Representatives, District 13, which is in Jackson County. It's my friend Hank Zuber. Someone who, I think he's a you know he's a he's someone who's a, a an avid listener of the show and someone I enjoy checking in from time to time. Hank, how you doing, my friend? Ricky, good morning. Good to be with you. Thank you for the job you do. I appreciate you too, man. So, man, we got a lot to talk about. You've been traveling around the world. You got a new speaker that you're close to. I mean, I actually, you know, when you think about the relationship that coastal Mississippi legislators have with the new speaker, we're really getting started with, you know, with a with a, a a lot of momentum. And I look forward to chatting about that here in just a second. Committee assignments have been done. You've got a new committee assignment in State Affairs. It's actually a new committee. We're going to chat about that as well. Well, the mood in the legislature is one that says we're going to do a lot of different stuff simultaneously, big economic development projects. We're having discussions about health care in Mississippi in ways we haven't before. You're the chair that now, you know, still the chair of the insurance committee, among other responsibilities. Um, you guys hit the ground running, didn't you?
2: We did. And, and that's uh, that's because of the new speaker we have. You know, we talked earlier about his energy and the fact that he's willing to look at a lot of different things. And I don't know if we're going to actually have you know, legislation that comes from it. But we've got four or five major topics just in my committee, Ricky, that hasn't been looked at since, you know, at least in the last 20 to 25 years. Wow. So I'm looking yeah I'm looking forward to it and and uh, uh some of the bills that have been assigned to the state affairs committee is dealing with the IT infrastructure of the entire state the networking yeah. the ability of state agencies to be able to network with each other C- cps needs to be able to network with chancery court and vice versa and then also Ricky the procurement process which hasn't been updated in the last 30 to 40 years. So, again, I mean, that's that's uh, uh, because of Speaker White and, and you know, he has hit the floor running. And uh, we just need to hold on and and work hard and, and give him some information to make the right decisions.
1: Well, my early reads on him are excellent, really, really good. I haven't met him yet. I look forward to having him on the show soon. Um, we're working to get that schedule and he's a busy dude. But I think it would be beneficial – to him to join us, and we'll put him on the expanded version of our show that goes into the Mississippi Delta and Jackson as well, in addition to the Mississippi Coast. But what's important is um, you know anytime you get a new speaker, you're going to bring new new life. But I, I as I shared with you before the show started, my early reads on him: number one, he compartmentalizes really well, which is to say, he can he can uh, go deep into a subject and then sort of close that file and then go to the next subject and go deep again. So his right. he has a lot of capacity. So in order to have capacity, you've got to be relatively smart. In his case, as you pointed out, he's really smart. So you know it helps. To have a leader that that's willing to multitask in a big way to be a good speaker you gotta have to you gotta multitask don't you my friend
2: yes absolutely and as I was telling you earlier his his intellect is unmatched but again not only that but but rookie he can take a topic that is very complex okay and he can digest it comprehend it. And explain it to the layperson like like you know, like me, for instance, in a way that is simple and understandable. And that's a unique characteristic. A lot of people can't do that, and he's got that characteristic.
1: Yeah, I I boy I I definitely agree. And again, once again not necessarily just toeing the party line. I mean, there are lots of issues that we need to just have conversations about and debate in the state that could be solutions that could cause us actually to adjust um, our party, you know, goals and our party priorities. Um, anyway, I, I think it's terrific. We'll get into a lot of that before we get off the uh, before we get done with our conversation today. You uh, you actually recently went into Albania and Lebanon. What what brought you? around the world in that way
2: well you know as as you can imagine i get a lot of questions from people asking me the same thing and and uh, ricky um uh, it, it's two countries that a lot of people don't go to and their location and you know what's happening with the development if you don't get to those two countries now or in the very near future it's going to be both of them will be over commercialized. And and you will not be able to to experience the true nature of those countries and the culture because the growth rate, just like Greece and, and Italy, I mean, it's 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 booming. Those countries are booming because of the cost of living. People are finding out about them, and uh, so I wanted to get over there before it was too late.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I got I got some uh, exposure. I want to re- I want to remember that. The uh, future pipe that was developed in in on the at the Harrison County development um, sure. corridor there was um, was Lebanese owned, if I remember that right, because I re- I remember one of the leaders from that company at one of our receptions gave me a bottle of Lebanese wine. If I'm if I'm am I remembering that correctly, but um, and he just he really bragged. I know that we think about Lebanon and we think about all the 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 conflicts and wars and strife that has taken place, but he helped me come to appreciate about it that it was a beautiful country, and you know with really good people. And um, but what was the draw? What brought you there?
2: Well, again, it was just to, to see countries that usually people don't go to and experience their culture and to see it before it's too late again. Yeah. I mean, Albania, I mean, as you may know, people are moving there, the construction, the tourism is, is increasing at a astronomical rate. But Ricky, what amazed me, you know, uh, a lot of Americans um, think that the United States is the center of the universe and that we're leading in, in every technology that you can think of. But I was actually amazed and astonished by the technology and what is happening in those two small countries. Specifically, for example, Ricky, in Albania, um, uh, their EV, electrical vehicle uh, uh, population or usage rate has got to be above 50%. Now that's not hybrids. This is, I mean, the cars that are being driven in Albania are over 50% totally electric. And it's, you know, and, and who has heard of Albania? Hardly anybody. And again, it's just, it's amazing. You go over there and you see all this construction and you see these gas stations because it takes a little bit longer to charge an electric vehicle, but their gas stations are like just um, uh, little resort areas. And uh, it, it's amazing to see just totally electric vehicles everywhere. And that's predominantly the, the uh, mode of transportation.
1: Well, people have heard at least the term Balkan, but you think about it, it's Europe's uh, Balkan Peninsula. So you have a coastline, and then you have the Alps that run through it. It's actually a re- really beautiful country. And uh, I've not been there, but I'm f- obviously familiar with it. And um, it's it's, just a, it's great, to go, great, great to go see something like that. I, I, I say this a lot on the show, and, and this is the point that you're making, that when people travel, especially outside the U.S., which I've had the opportunity to do, uh, thank goodness, um it creates a perspective, doesn't it? I mean, you oh. you get to uh, you get to you get to really appreciate that we are not necessarily the center of the universe as you pointed out and there's a lot to learn from 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 going abroad, isn't there
2: absolutely absolutely and 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 case in point in Lebanon, you know you bring up the country of Lebanon, and what's the first thing that comes to mind, Ricky, conflict. Yeah. Yeah. war, you know, and, 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 and that's there. I mean, Beirut, unfortunately, is it's, it's a big city, but it's um, it has several issues. But you get outside of Beirut, I went to Zaleh uh, right out, right across from the Syrian border. Uh, again, just uh, a beautiful uh, area of the country, of the world, the food, the wine. Um, Zaleh, as you mentioned earlier, you were talking about Lebanese wine. Zaleh is the city of love and wine. And, and I can, and I can see why yeah. but even in Ricky even in a, a country like war torn Lebanon you know all of their buildings residential commercial are made out of concrete there's there's no structures made out of wood everything is concrete and every building every single building has solar panels on top of it
1: yeah it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> yes
2: i mean the technology
1: just I felt indeed. the same way when Ann and I went to Croatia and, and toured that beautiful country and you know took it all in and got to see the decisions that her grandparents made to come through Ellis Island to go to Biloxi and the difficulties they were having back in those days that led to them making that Perilous decision, but man, there's, there's a lot to there's a lot to appreciate from it. Um, hey, listen, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with uh, with Hank Zuber. He's a, a representative in the House of Representatives and a leader in in our in our state uh, from Ocean Springs. When we come back, we'll continue our conversations. Uh, talk a little bit more about his travels, and then we'll talk about what's the latest in this sort of rejuvenized legislature that we're dealing with today. We'll see you after this.
0: And love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Go back to the Ricky Matthews show as we continue from the Citizens Bank studio to chat with uh, my friend Hank Zuber, who's in the Mississippi House of Representatives. He's from District 13, which is Jackson County. He's from Ocean Springs. He loves Ocean Springs, and he it d- brings a deep love of coastal Mississippi to his role in the Mississippi legislature, his really important role. Among among many other uh, leadership roles he's playing, he is the chair of the insurance committee in the house. And you can only imagine how important that is to, to coastal Mississippi. Hey, before we get to the legislature and the latest there, cause I know there's a swirl of activity happening there right now. Um, and your travels, you know, when you come home, what's, what are some of the big learn? You mentioned the EVs and you mentioned, uh, the solar panels and concrete construction and th- those things. Those are all incredibly important and notable. Um, what are the headlines for you as you come back into America from your travels?
2: Well, what do you appreciate? You mean whenever you come back, it's just yeah. um, no traffic. You know, although the traffic is increasing more on the coast, but you have, you have less traffic. Uh, the standard of living is is much higher. The cost of living is much higher, but the standard of living is also much higher in the United States. Um, but now, uh, to me personally. Uh, the food is better in those countries. So, I mean, you know, you've, uh, you've been over there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, we have a lot of processed food that's part of a part of the American diet everywhere in this country. And, and there's really no processed food at all in Lebanon and uh, uh, Albania. You don't even see fast food restaurants. You may see one McDonald's for an entire city and that's it and nothing else. So, yeah, the uh, role kind of- that
1: pro- processed foods are playing in the health of Americans is cannot be overstated. <clears throat> excuse me. And, and and in fact, in Mississippi, you know fifty one percent of Mississippians live in rural areas. And it's sad when you start to think about, how a lot of them eat, and it may be the local convenience store going in, and getting some Doritos and a Coke and and whatever. That's how some you know some people get their food. It's 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 really unfortunate. We can learn a lot from countries uh, that are not so dependent on processed foods, couldn't we?
2: Absolutely, and and it's it's better for you. It tastes better. Um, but I think that, you know, that's coming to the forefront in this country and, and the downside of processed food. And, and uh, uh, we're making some progress. We're making some progress, Ricky, in Mississippi with obesity. You know, those yeah. obesity rates are, are coming down for the first time in, in, in a long time. So that's good news. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got, to make, uh, you've got to make that type of food accessible to all parts of the state also. And that's mm-hmm. part of the big picture.
1: Listen when you <clears throat> when you're asked to to be the continue to be the chairman of the House Insurance Committee, when you have a speaker coming in that's literally going to hit on a bunch of cylinders simultaneously has a big, big, big agenda that covers a wide spectrum of subjects. He's going to depend heavily on his chairman. I get the sense, and listen, this is no slight to any prior. You know, uh, Speaker of the House. By no means am I am I. Is this a slight? I'm just speaking specifically about about Speaker White. He comes into this role really driven to make a difference. And before you said yes, even though you had a, and you can describe your prior relationship with the Speaker. um, Even though you had that prior relationship. The commitment you're making to him and to Mississippi to continue as a chairman, let's say, the House Insurance Committee, even though that's not your own, only leadership role, you knew you were saying yes to a big job ahead, didn't you?
2: I did. I did. And just a, a minor correction, you, you're right about the broad spectrum of, of state affairs, but I'm i am I'm no longer the chairman of insurance. I'm a member of as you mentioned, of the insurance committee. But now I am the new chairman of the new committee called State Affairs. But yes, you are exactly right. It's got a very broad spectrum and and uh, it, it's gonna be, Ricky, without hesitation, it's gonna be one of the workhorse committees uh, of the house. I mean, just look at some of the bills that have been referred to it already. Um, you know, IT infrastructure, technology infrastructure of the whole state, the procurement process for the whole state. Uh, You know, both of those topics, neither one of them have been looked at since I've been up here. And that's been, you know, 20, 24 years. And uh, so it's time.
1: So listen, uh, just one quick point on the information about chair of the insurance committee and the information that carried forward for me for this show. It had you still as the chair. So I just I didn't even question it. I just. (laughs) <laughs> kind of Rolled with it but uh but I'm looking forward to get you know you have a lot of assignments that' have been made, and as i mentioned uh looking forward to going to the updated section on the on the uh, House of representative website so I can have all that information for for sure. future shows but um there is you know when you think about the speaker there there again coming back to the, to the point I made, there are there are a lot of issues going to get tackled this legislative session in ways that, and I, I feel the same sense coming from from Delbert Hoseman, that there is there's an openness to have lots of conversations that maybe we weren't willing to have before, and um, and and we're actually going to do that, aren't we?
2: And and Speaker White has been very open about that, and he's stated it many times on several different occasions. I mean, you know, uh, uh, and and people want to kind of focus on Medicaid. But he wants to look at healthcare in toto.
1: Yeah. He wants to look
2: at the he wants to look at the entire healthcare industry and delivery in 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 the big picture. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and to me that's the right approach. I mean and again, everybody keeps saying Medicaid, but there's a lot more to it than just Medicaid. Um, yeah, you know, should the state of Mississippi, Ricky, have their own health uh, health care exchange like Arkansas, or should we rely solely on on Medicaid and, and the federal government? That's something that's going to be looked at. So it's it's uh, everybody's excited. Uh, there's a new energy uh, uh, to the Capitol. and uh, you know, like I said, I mean, just just hold on because it's going to be a tremendous ride.
1: Hey, listen. Let's just just on health care for a second. The way that I've talked about it on this show, and I agree. I've 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 been quick to say we need to have the conversation around Medicaid expansion. And I'm conservative. I just think it's something we need to have the conversation about. But it can't be. About just that. I mean, that that's got to be a tool that is considered to help right. fill a gap. How do we understand better what the gap is? And this is why I think it's beneficial to have a speaker who comes from a rural area because he's watching, as we all are, hospitals closing across the state of Mississippi. And in some ways, you know, if you're in a community where a hospital is closed or the choices, the healthcare choices for you, if your family is sick or in an accident, or, or have been severely diminished, if not completely eliminated – um, then it's you know, Katrina hit your community. Healthcare, Katrina hit your community. So what I think we ought to do is we ought to uh, approach it like that and say, okay, we the bigger problem is this that we've got a healthcare delivery challenge in the state of Mississippi. Now what it might do, let's do a current process analysis first. Where are the hospitals located now? Do we have do we have trauma centers that have? Re- that have direct links to, you know, triage facilities that exist in these rural areas. What's the state of the situation right now? How does how does payments happen? How many working poor do we actually have in Mississippi? What are some of the choices that might be available to them in terms of how do we pay for services, and so on? We need to do sort of a global look at it, and then we I say agree. other solutions that have been deployed and. And liberal states and conservative states, and this is what's happening in the insurance industry. This is the best practice that's happening in rural areas across the, uh, across the nation, which may be that we have less hospitals, but more initial sort of triage facilities that have a very tight relationship with the trauma centers. We need to define what does that look like, and what what we need to end up with is a re-engineered system in Mississippi that says here is the goal. This is where we want hospitals to be. This is where we want trauma centers to be this is where we want critical care facilities to be and so on and this is how we want to pay for it it's a combination of maybe an exchange or maybe some medicaid expansion maybe it's you know what's the insurance role and so on i mean it, a global look at it
2: I, I agree completely and like you said in, in the beginning the first step is to get the right information The right numbers and the right statistics that you touched upon. And that's gonna take some time. And like you said, that big picture also includes the CON process, Ricky. That's gonna be part of it. Standalone, maybe emergency clinics for the rural part of Mississippi. And it's also, and people forget this part of it too, but how do you how do you make the private sector Private insurance more accessible and affordable too. Yeah. So it's, it's a big picture, and it's going to take. It's not going to be something that happens overnight. But the very first thing that we need to do is get the right statistics, numbers, and information.
1: Well, see, what I used to say when I went into companies, and I was involved in a lot of what we call reengineering of companies later in my career, and starting new companies and helping companies evolve, etc. But what I would often say is you can't go to where you want to go if you don't know where you are now. So if we just have a conversation in a vacuum around any one potential solution, because there's no one solution, incidentally, There there are tools that are part of the solution, Medicaid expansion just being one of those. But if we don't, if we don't, if we don't understand exactly where we are now, we're not going to make the best decision. It needs to be an all-encompassing current process analysis where, the, as best of data we can get our hands on across a wide range of possibilities and platforms around the current process, how we do it now, and then we can paint a picture where we want to go. But we cannot go to where we want to go if we don't know where we are now, and that's the point that you're making. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Hank Zuber. We'll see you. after this
0: and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthew Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I have my friend uh, a representative in the House of Representatives, District one thirteen, which is Jackson County. He's from Ocean Springs. He's a leader in the Mississippi legislature. I think what's really important, Hank Zuber, is that we have good a good working relationship, in some cases significantly better than most communities have with the with the new speaker of the House. Man, that's it's great to get started with that relationship and, and an understanding of coastal Mississippi, isn't it?
2: It is. And, uh, you know, Jason brings a different perspective uh, to the speaker's office. Uh, he spent a lot of time on the coast. I mean, he's he's not a stranger to the coast. And, uh, you know, obviously he represents the entire state, but he understands that ultimately, uh, you know, your best return is going to come from the coast, whether it be tourism or other economic development projects. So uh, the coast is very important to him, and it will continue to be that way throughout his uh, tenure as
1: speaker. I was, I was thrilled to see Manley Barton in a key leadership role. That's exciting to see, isn't it?
2: Well, not only that, but Manley has his ear, too. So if yeah. something needs to be stressed about the coast, Manley's the person to do it. And you have his ear. I do. I do. It's, it's uh, you know, this was a select committee, as you know, uh, created by the speaker. And it's going to be one of the uh, workhorse Committees, and uh, he has entrusted me with a lot of important issues, and and uh, I respect and and uh, uh, admire the speaker. I'm going to work extremely hard to uh, to get the right information that he needs, uh, Ricky, on these each on these issues, so that he can make the right decision.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited for you guys, that's for sure. Hey, listen, um, economic development. You know, some people uh, will criticize the state of Mississippi for putting together incentive packages and all of this. But the reality is, until that changes in other (laughs) states— you you got to pay to play in the economic development world. So if it, we were all playing by the same rules and we didn't have to put incentives on the table, that would be terrific. But that's not the way the world works in this highly competitive economic development world that we're dealing with. And for Mississippi to be in that conversation with these kind of multibillion-dollar investments, man, that's that's saying something. We are We are all in, aren't we? It, it is, and you got to make sure you got to trust MDA. You got to trust the
2: experts. I mean, you got to make sure that we don't have another uh, uh, beef plant uh, situation or, or, you know, the Perry County uh, uh, power situation. And uh, uh, you know, that's not the case here. I mean, the rate of return is going to be tremendous. But the technology, the technology that will come to the state of Mississippi because of this is, is, I mean. Very, very important. Now, you know, we did get some pushback from uh, some of our constituents that, you know, why are you dealing with China and why do we have to have, you know, a, a Chinese ownership? And, and I shared that concern. But it was told to me that after that 10-year period, China will no longer have any interest whatsoever in that JV. So, I mean, you know, the ones who are concerned about China, let's use their expertise. Let's kind of get with, see what type of technology they have in this industry and then 10 years from now they're out of the picture.
1: Well the fact that they're partners with other companies that we we do feel comfortable working with that's that bodes, that bodes well for this project though doesn't it?
2: Yes, without question I agree with you and uh, uh, again, I mean this could be uh, you know this is a game changer. Um, uh, you know I just see Ricky, I see the future of Mississippi just being so bright and and other companies locating to Mississippi, you know, the people, Ricky, the quality of life, the cost of living, the cost of business. I mean, where else can you go? Now, we've got some improvement that we need to make, but think about it. You know, I mean, you can't go to California. You can't go to New York. I mean, you know, Florida is getting to the point where it's saturated. You know, North Carolina, I mean, Mississippi is the last state where if you come now, you can get in on the ground level. And the future is bright and unlimited.
1: Yeah, you know, really, uh, really significant land available. Uh, You've got our infrastructure. Uh, we've, We've proven that we're willing to work with developers to get infrastructure up and running rapidly. The cost of electricity is extraordinarily low compared availability of water. Uh, and then you know you pointed out that one of the things about Mississippians that I talk about on this show all the time we see it after natural disasters in a big way is what in the what is in the whole uh, heart and soul of Mississippians is something that attracts people here they they're connected to that and right every state has their issues I and mean, we are, we listen if you think about it the, what we've done to create broadband access in places where they didn't have it before i spent a lot of time in the mississippi delta there have been Miles and miles and miles, if not hundreds, thousands of miles of fiber optic cable laid in places that would have never gotten it before if we had not helped electric co-ops get into the business of doing this. And now we have fiber optic cable, um, high-speed Internet access going into communities that would never have had it before. That's revolutionary in and of itself. And then the other moves that we're making around around education, working on third-grade reading level, not letting kids move into the fourth grade if they're not up to where they need to be. The things like that have really made a difference. Our universities are good. Our our state community college system, especially when it comes to workforce development, is one of the best in the entire country.
2: If not the best, our junior college system for workforce training is unbelievable. I agree completely.
1: So you know you add all that up and look at these are not just statements I'm just talking off the top of my head this is real stuff Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College over fifty percent of the students that go there now in non traditional education workforce development because Gulf Coast Community College is listening as other community colleges are doing listening to the economic development foundation of the region and saying these are the kind of jobs that we that we have available we need people who can fill these jobs. And they're willing to turn on the dime to change the course curriculum to be able to meet that need. See, these are the things that add up over time. These are the things that begin to help convince major manufacturers and major economic development projects that Mississippi is something we ought to take seriously. And then we play ball when it comes to incentives in a way that helps us be competitive against other states. And that's the way we win. And we've won before. We won recently. And we're going to win again, aren't we?
2: I, I agree. We're going to continue winning. And and most of our citizens, Ricky, don't even hear about the lesser or the smaller economic development projects like Milwaukee tool manufacturing yes. in the northern part of the state or the number of solar panel uh, farms that are coming to Mississippi, adding value, adding ad valorem tax value to our properties. And our real estate, which helps the school districts, and you know, 16 section land, and it goes on and on and on. So I, the, the future of Mississippi is bright, and it will continue to be so.
1: Well, it's the, the, the we're we're playing ball, and you know, I've I've heard I've heard the um, the criticisms about not having development um, west of I 59. And so I think there's two things I'd say to that, and I get your comment about that. The first thing is simply that companies are going to choose to go where they go because there are resources there that they can use especially you know workforce that workforce is huge to that but there's there's a lot more to it than that it's infrastructure availability all those things but what I would say is that because I spend a lot of time in the Mississippi Delta it's largely uh, very largely a farming part of our state but we we can't deny you know the lack of health care we you know the, the lots of issues in the Mississippi Delta that we need to overcome and some do believe and I actually believe this too that if we can't find a way to lift the Mississippi Delta up, then we will always be only as strong as our weakest counties. Even though when you do major projects, a rising tide lifts all boats. We still have big issues in the Mississippi Delta. Instead of just issuing criticisms about all development being east of 59, we should be challenging ourselves to say, "How how can we bridge that gap and see more projects west of 59? Is that something you think about?
2: It is. And like you said, ultimately, that's going to be a private sector decision. But it's something that uh, that's another issue that we need to look at. I mean, how do we bring economic development and improvement to the Delta? And I think uh, that's something that Speaker White, I think it's on his agenda also. I mean, he comes from a rural part of the state. And, um, you know, like you said, though, there's a lot of issues, a lot of local issues that need to be addressed. But uh, again, it's like everything else. Let's open it up, let's discuss it, let's talk about it, and see what we can do.
1: Hey, listen. Uh, I I check in with Joe Max Higgins from the Golden Triangle Economic Development Link uh, pretty regularly, just because a lot of stuff, as you pointed out, major major stuff going on all across the state that would otherwise be out of sight, out of mind for coastal Mississippians. But you you think about the billions of dollars of investments that have been made in that part of the state. We, you know, that's an important economic driver for our state, just as the coast is an economic engine. We need we need us all to win, don't we?
2: Yes, yes, and Ricky, I want you to maybe look look into this a little bit more. But uh, and this is something I'm gonna look into. But I have been told that. Uh, uh, Mississippi's universities. We are the almost at the very bottom in terms of the SEC schools, uh, uh, considering uh, the number of patents that our research, you know, uh, uh, not just research institutions, but all yeah. of the institutions. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, U.S.M. Uh, so that's something that we need to look into, and we need to get them in front of us and say, hey, you know, do we need to change something here because we're not getting the patents from our research. And our money that we're spending on our universities, like some of these other schools. And and I think that would help the economy too.
1: Well, that's actually a really good point. I think it's something we really better we better think about. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Hank Zuber and get him to describe, you know, where where does this session go from here? What what does he anticipate as he gets his arm around all these roles that he's gonna be playing? We'll see you after this.
0: Matthew Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the from the uh, Citizens Bank Studio. My friend uh, Cal Curley. I see him. I probably don't mention his name enough. I'm looking at him through uh, the video monitor as we speak, and am reminded about how <laughs> you can set your clock by Kyle. He's going to be there for me and us every step of the way, and. uh, it's not easy to to produce this show. I know that the t- <coughs> side can be challenging at times. But anyway, thanks, Gal. You are the man. You bet. Okay, uh, there he is. There's the there's the the silent man there behind the mic over there. Uh, anyway, we're having a conversation with uh, Hank Zuber. He is a, in the House of Representatives, representing District One Thirteen in Jackson County. He's from Ocean Springs. He loves Ocean Springs. But you know the the years of being in the legislature, Hank has really provided you with a really kind of global view of Mississippi, hasn't
2: it? It has a different perspective within the House. You got to remember, I came in in the year 2000 and uh, you know, that was the Democrats were in control. Tim Ford was the Speaker of the House. And then after Tim, it was Billy McCoy for two terms. So, uh, uh, and I keep telling uh, Speaker White, you know, I, I, I appreciate the responsibility Uh, uh, and the uh, possibility of getting things done because, you know, back in those days, it was a lot different.
1: I mean, if you had an R behind your name, uh, Uh you you know, you wasn't even able to speak sometimes. There's been a revolution. I knew Tim (laughs) well. And, uh, and of course, uh, speaker McCoy, Gosh, I had so much, so much respect for him. A worm farmer a from in yes. the Mississippi, and yeah. I, I say when we had the uh, the meeting out in a tent at the prom Outlets uh, in the, I think three or four weeks after Hurricane Katrina, when when President Bush came down and joined us, I don't know if you were in the tent with us. You might have been. You probably were there, but um, I I got there and Governor Barber had, uh, said to me, "We're going to speak." Uh, Jim Barcia is going to speak. Anthony is going to speak. Then you speak, and then we're going to turn it over to the president. And you say what we forget to say. That was my instructions, and so that's what I did. <laughs> but after the meeting, I had a really good interaction with with the president afterwards. But also, um, Billy McCoy came up to me afterwards and put his arm around me, and he said, "Look, I know there's a lot of politics in this state, but right now Mississippi needs us to be together. You let me know anything you need." <clears throat> he was really a trooper. Uh, especially on things like, for example, dockside gaming and moving it to, to uh, inland gaming, he was a trooper, wasn't he?
2: Well, one of these days, and we I don't know if we have enough time, but I need to tell you that story because yeah. uh, I remember the day that he called us in, he called the Gulf Coast delegation in, and he initially told us, Ricky, that he wasn't going to bring it up, that he wasn't going to bring up the 500 uh feet yeah. uh, legislation allowing them to move in, so uh. You know, the delegation gets together. Well, what are we going to do now? And it got heated. It, it got very heated in, in his office. I mean, uh, uh, I kind of I'm looking around and I'm saying, well, you know, is this the way legislation gets done? Is this the way things happen in the House? Because you had a lot of yelling and screaming and everything else that you can imagine. And uh, so we went back to Governor Barber and, and told him what the outcome was. And he said, well, let's let's you know, kind of just be patient. Let's just see how everything works out. And then Speaker McCory called the delegation back in the following day and said, well, look, um, I don't support it. And I'm not going to stop it, but we're going to bring it up for a vote. It's going to be up to the delegation to go working on the House floor and to make sure you have the votes to pass it. And the rest is history.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a. That was a, that stand down that he did was really important because yeah you know, I mean we, we you know we were focused on getting getting people's jobs back so the casino industry and the supporting supporting industry so the casino industry and hospitality were so important getting people a place to live and getting their kids back in school so getting all the schools open by October was man what a feat that was to have accomplished that goal but Haley was so focused in fact I have I have him coming on my show. Uh, this this is playing on Wednesday, Thursday, and for a whole full hour. We're just going to you know get up to date on what he's been up to these days. So, man, his role and in, in all of that, I can't it can't be overstated. That's for sure. Hey, listen he, before yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut we you. We all on. were focused back then. I yeah. mean, it took
2: it was a team effort. It you know obviously Haley Barber, the governor, Barber, was the leader, but it was it it, it took everybody. It did. Uh, it, it, it,
1: it did. It was. Uh, it was significant. Hey, listen. Uh, as you as you approach the rest of the session, it's going to be a dynamic session. It's going. It may be. You may work harder than you've ever worked before. Starts out with a. You know, right off the bat with a special session within the session, and then the session continues It's a longer session than normal. Um, there's, you know, it, it. Usually they. There's a lot of. You know, glad handing and happiness that happens at the beginning of the session, and you guys don't even really get working for a few weeks. That didn't happen this time, did it?
2: No, no, we took off running, and and like I said, just with my committee, the State Affairs Committee, uh, and we had we may have mentioned this before, but we're going to look at the whole uh, uh, IT information technology infrastructure of the entire state. That's that's never been done. We're going to look at the procurement process in this state, Ricky. That, that hasn't been looked at uh, in the last 30, 40, 50 years. And uh, so it's, 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 it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of hard work. But I can tell you this, the Mississippi House of Representatives is up to it.
1: I can, appreciate, I can appreciate how hard those those items are going to be. And I look forward to watching your leadership of, of the uh, new state affairs committee. Hey, listen, it has been a pleasure to spend some time with you, Hank. I can't wait to get back together again and put a good word in for the show to the speaker so we can get that scheduled as soon as possible. I can't wait to have him on and get to, get to know him better.
2: And, Ricky, I appreciate everything you do for keeping the citizens of South Mississippi informed and educating them about what's going on in Jackson. You bet, my
1: friend. Take care and uh, work, okay, hard. work hard. Work hard. Have, have a good week. Okay, buddy, take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.